Hey, well, welcome to the Beyond Sundays podcast. My name is Brett Stewart, and I am your host. And today, I have with me Carson Grigsby. Carson, tell the people hello and what's up. What's up, everybody? Yes, I'm so excited to have Carson. When I mentioned to him this podcast and having him part of it, he like, he like, I don't even know how to describe it. He was, he was. What do the kids say? Lit. Yeah, I was, I was lit and like ready to get after. It. Just jump in. I was That's, ready to turn up. Turn up. Yeah, uh, I'm showing my age now. I was a youth pastor at one time, and I for like six and a half years. And I used to know what teenagers said. Now I have no clue. Um, so I definitely feel old. But I am so excited that you are with us, Carson, for this conversation. Um, the 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 conversation we just had with our guest was was powerful. It was incredible. Um, but Carson, tell people a little bit about who are you, what do you do, and why are you excited um, for the conversation that we just had and for this episode? Yeah, well, like Brett said, my name is Carson Grigsby. I'm a senior at Wiley High School. Um, I was born and raised in Abilene, um, started attending Beltway Park Church two years ago, yeah. um, had my life radically changed by the church, not not the building, but the people here. Yeah. Um, God just moves through the people here, um, and like I said, my relationship with God has just flourished so much since coming here. Um, I'm a student leader here for BSM South. Um, shout out to that's my Beltway Student Ministry yeah, for those who don't yeah, know BSM. Beltway, BSM South. Shout out to my BSM fam out there. Um, so yeah, I'm a student leader as well as on the worship team and get to lead a worship team on Sunday mornings up at youth. Um, and so I've been super thankful for what God's doing through Beltway. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited for this conversation um, that we just had. Um, you know, two of the main things that really just stuck out to me um, during our time together was the importance of relationship and connection mm. with God and with people. Yeah. Um, and so when it comes to battling our mental health um, and winning the war in our minds, if uh, if really, if we don't have those two things, it's going to be really hard yeah. um, to win the battle of our minds. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a great way that leads us into the episode and into the conversation that we just had with our guests. So Carson, if you're ready, let's uh, let them in and get rolling. Let's do it. All right. Well, today we have a number of special guests. First, we have Shelly Presley uh, with us, and then we also have Nathan Healy. Nathan, it's great to have you back Good to on see the you, podcast. It's so great to see you, and I mean that. Um, so, Shelly, tell me, who are you? What do you do? How long have you been in Abilene at Beltway? And then we'll uh, bump it over to Nathan for him to give a refresher uh, to people who maybe didn't hear the episode he was on before. So my name is Shelley Presley. I'm married to my wonderful husband, Eric. We have five children, all boys. Five boys. Five boys. It's a party. Intense. Sometimes a good one, sometimes a bad one. But it's always a party. <laughs> always a party. Always a party at our house. Yep. And let's see. I've lived in Abilene the majority of my life since I was 18. I like that you avoided saying how many so years that is. How many good, years is that? That's a good Shell? 32 years minus about two overseas and three uh, right after college. So you've pretty much been in Abilene the entirety of my life, which I've also been in Abilene. So we've been in Abilene around the same amount of time. It's awesome. I love Abilene. That's fantastic. Uh, so yes, what, what do you do, Shelly? So I currently stay at home mom. And do life coaching for families, parents, and uh, teenagers. That's Actually, awesome. are my kind of my clientele. But I did private practice for a long time as in marriage and family therapy, and now I'm focused in at home because I'm raising that's awesome teenagers and young adults. Yeah, and one preteen, and don't leave out the preteen because <laughs> they are quite the party too. So. I'm sure they, they're their own. <laughs> they they are breed. <laughs> they're wonderful though. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, uh, Nathan, who are you? And uh, yeah, who are you? <laughs> well, I am Nathan. <laughs> That's great. That's it. That's Nathan. Let's go uh, on. So I was student pastor here at uh, Beltway, and um, I came to Abilene 
my for college. So 2009. All right. And uh, I was here for four years, and then I moved away be, to be a youth pastor for a few years, and I've been back here for five years. So my wife grew up here, has been a part of Beltway for 20-plus years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, something I will say is, like, Beltway is a huge part of my testimony. Like, this is really where my faith came on fire. Yeah. So we've just loved being back here and being in this community the last five years. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad. Woo-woo. Glad you're here. Also, also, Nathan. Oh, yeah. Well, I have to give a shout out to my children as well. Oh, shout out. Come on. I have a three and a half year old daughter who I just took to lunch today. And we had a daddy daughter lunch date and we turned up. I'm going to need you to stop talking about that or I'll cry. So. Uh, she was talking about her birthday, which is in like four months, and yes. she's already planning Sounds it. Sounds like a typical girl. And I said, Planet. what kind of cake are you going to get, Annalie? Chocolate cake! It's <laughs> like, that's my girl. Yeah. Nice. And then I have a one-year-old son, and he likes to headbutt me. That's kind of his thing. Yes. So that's awesome. That's how we bond. <laughs> that's awesome. And Nathan and I have had the joy of going on uh, a handful of like backpacking oh, adventures, but I won't tell any of those stories <laughs> yes. here. Surviving um, bear attacks, basically. Surviving bear attacks that's... and bear screams from where we just came from. Bear growls. They're not really screams. Yeah, I guess they're called growls. And, uh, and bear Sounds lingo. like it wasn't real, by the way uh, you said it. Well, one of the reasons why I have all of these people gathered here today is is we want to talk and look into the aspect of mental health when it comes to teenagers, when it comes to students. Um, and so I'm going to kind of kick the ball over to, to Shelly and Nathan, but what are some trends that you are seeing or what are some things that that are being highlighted from your, you both have a, a unique perspective um, into the lives of teenagers, Shelly working with them, but also mm-hmm. being a mother of them, yes. and then Nathan being a student pastor. What are some things that, that you're seeing and noticing that's going on right now in the lives of teenagers? One of the things that's a huge deal right now that we're seeing on the increase is anxiety just across the board. And yeah. part, of the, part of the thing I want to say about that is it's important to understand that we're a part of an anxious system mm-hmm. right now yeah. in our nation and in our world <laughs> at a level that we, that honestly, we didn't experience even maybe two to five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so yep. as part of that, where we kind of have acclimated maybe, or learning, I should say, to acclimate as adults, our kids are thrown into this at yeah. developmental stages that are extremely, um, they're, they're just younger than yeah. we are trying to manage the same le- levels of stress. I think the other thing that I would say that plays hugely into anxiety, depression, maybe fear, uh, just a generalized sense of overwhelmed, mm-hmm. I yep. think a lot of our kids and students feel. So I'm going to address a few things that I think that I'm watching yeah. play into that. Um, but one is social media, and where growing up in younger generations, we could get away, right, from stress yeah. of teenage relationships and, you know, uh, maybe immature comments or people or things, you know, and you come home to your safe place and you're with yeah. your people that love you unconditionally, value you, support you, encourage you. Hopefully that's the home environment that we're producing, a kingdom environment at home, where our kids are free to fail and free to learn and free to grow, they're not, they never really escape, if you will, mm-hmm. the tensions of teenage relationships because yeah. it's always before them yeah. on their phone. Yeah. Yeah. So where there used to be a natural break, it's just important, I think, for parents to understand they're not getting a natural break yeah. from those things. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, I'm a millennial, Nathan's a millennial. Um, Our generation, I see, struggling with anxiety, and there is a large attachment to the phone and to social media, but our generation is like the last one that didn't always grow up with technology. Like we, that kind of technology, like we had it maybe the latter part of our teenage years, but I didn't get an iPhone until I was in college. I didn't get a phone until I had a driver's license. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's a great point, Shelly, of like yeah. this generation behind us and the the ones to come, mm-hmm. like it's 
it's in their face all the time and mm-hmm. and it's notifications are always popping up and they they can't get that break. And the other thing I would say is we're used to as adults, we would maybe filter some of the world news mm-hmm. or some of the, the things that, you know, you're saying as parents, okay, well, I may, I may need to carry that burden in prayer. I may need to be aware of that. Well, our kids have it right here. Yeah. So I had a son the other night and we were just sitting on the couch having family time, just all of us, you know, talking, and all of a sudden I see this look come over his face, and this is my feeler. I have mm-hmm. a really, I have a kid that feels deeply, and I'm just watching his face. I'm like, hey, bud, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'll be okay. Just a minute, mom. I'm like, whoa, what just happened? We were like chilling, having fun, you know, and he's like, mom, in Afghanistan, this, this, and this is happening, mm-hmm. and he's watching it visually. Yeah. <clears throat> On his phone. And so I, I'm not ditzing. I'm not here to talk about phones or whatever. Yeah. We have an interesting rules at our house about phone. But I'm saying to I'm saying to us, information overload, relational non-breaks, right, where yeah. we're connected to the people that we're close to, safest with yeah. all these things, um, really, really plays in along with... I believe um, one of the things we're seeing is just the overload of teenagers on activities. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it, it, that's that's just straight up different, yeah. and they do not know margin. Yeah, they don't mm. know margin emotionally. They don't know yeah. margin right now, um, uh, relationally very yeah. much because of some of the things I just described, and they just don't have margin to even feel. Or to come down off of feelings and just be—it's—it's it's very rare. Yeah. And so, therefore, their literal brain and physical bodies stay heightened mm-hmm. yeah. all the time. Where normally in anxiety, every everybody feels anxious. Yeah. At some levels, that's yeah. part of. We what, all face anxiety. Right. Yeah. And, and what levels and and what causes that and what triggers that is very unique to each individual, but our ability to navigate that, right? Physically, spiritually, emotionally, it requires margin that I just don't think our kids, teenagers in the level of activity that they push both at school, academics, sports, any kind of extracurricular activities, friends, normal life just stays so heightenedly fast that it's really hard to come down and even have process time. And then if a lot of times, if they do have process time in our homes, we're also disconnected because of phones or TV yeah. Yeah. or whatever. There's not a whole lot of true, genuine connection. And if I were going to say anything, don't even get me started on what would really help our kids emotionally and mentally, it would be dinner table time, mm. which feels impossible, but... We have to make it work or yeah. conversation time or prayer time with our kids where we, I don't care if it's five minutes, grab your kids up, get them in the living room and mm-hmm. say, and pray over them and let them hear you or process with them. How was your day? Tell me your high. Let them experience and focus their brain on something that was positive. Tell mm-hmm. me your low. Why was that hard for you? Just yeah. connection yeah. Yeah. would be mm. s- go so far, I believe, with today's kids. Literal, genuine eye, physical touch, connection. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's really good. And I remember literally this last week, uh, I just kind of took a fast away from my phone and from like social media apps. Mm-hmm. And I sit back and look at this last week and remember how many times I've just randomly like pick up my phone as if I was like checking to see if there's a notification. Like it's honestly what drives, I feel Mm -hmm. like my friends and my generation is our phones. And I I think about it also is that how much anxiety my phone actually causes me throughout my day. Like of how much I'm like, oh gosh, this person didn't text me back or I got to go back and answer this person because I forgot to do it yesterday or just XYZ or I'm going to go look at social media. And then now I'm, you know, behind on all my schoolwork now because it's just uses a distraction. And so I, I think you're so right. Mm-hmm. in that idea that our phones do distract us so much and cause like so much anxiety in our lives. Yeah. One thing that I, I noticed, and I know this in myself is 
it's so hard for me to just break away and be and rest. And sometimes mm-hmm. I attribute it to my personality. Sometimes I attribute it to like projects that are going on. But even I find myself, if I do kind of designate some times to just like decompress, like I'm automatically like reaching my for my phone to scroll through and see what's going on in the world. And that's not actually decompression at yeah. all. It's not allowing me a place to process through what I'm thinking, what I'm yeah. feeling, which is leading to, you know, me choosing the things that I'm choosing. Um, so, yeah, it's it's so hard to break away. But I think that that's a, a key part of mental health is creating the space and the place to mm. to rest and to be okay with it. But uh, I want to ask you, Carson, uh, this and in yourself and, and what you see in your peers. I know for me, I was always afraid to slow down. Because if I did, what like what good would I have to offer to the world? I, I was wrapped up in performance. And so I felt like if I ever slowed down and wasn't accomplishing something for people or being significant for people, that I would have no worth. Is that something in you or among your peers? Is that contributing to maybe a, a fear of slowing down? Because it, it kind of like Shelly said, there's, there's an increase, you know, activity, like extracurricular activities, sports, being on Instagram. Maybe there's this idea of having to be like a social media influencer and that your purpose is attached to what you produce. Uh, I don't know. I kind of want to pass that to you. Yeah. What do you see in yourself and in others? It's it's crazy you ask that. Um, I do this discipleship group with uh, Nathan and Paul, our other youth pastor, um, it's called Turn Up Tuesdays on Tuesdays. <laughs> Turn Up Tuesdays. It's now officially yeah, called that. It's now officially that you called it. that now. <laughs> I love that. Um, but literally this last week, we were just kind of having a conversation about um, things that we could be better about. And one of the things that the Lord like put on my heart this last week um, is just slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I got this word from someone this um, a few months ago that this last year the Lord took me wide, but He wants me to go deeper with Him. Um and then literally this last week I got reminded in a lesson that um, the opposite of depth is speed, um, mm. that the enemy of depth is speed. Um, because if you think about like a boat, uh, when a boat's mm. going, the faster and faster it goes, it actually comes out of, out of the water and gets shallower in the water. Yeah. When it slows back down, it sinks back down into the water mm. and gets in more depth. And so as I think about my life constantly um, of going place to place as fast as I possibly can, like how many people I overlook. And um, right now in the church uh, at Beltway, we're going through the series called The Chosen, um, and we're watching The Chosen. And just from watching it, um, it really showed me how personal Jesus's ministry actually was. Mm-hmm. And so coming out of um, Activate at BSM and jumping into the semester, one of our, um, I guess, visions for this school year is just that we see the one. And so as I go throughout my day, like when this Lord, when the Lord put this on my heart, and not only that, but got challenged by Nathan and Paul and the rest of my BSM fam by this, um, I just asked myself, how do I see the one each and every day? And when I was asking the Lord this, he literally just said, you need to slow down. Hmm. If you're going 100 miles an hour every day, every second, the odds of you hearing me speak and actually obeying my voice is going to be slim to none because you have pedal to the metal 24-7. Yeah. And so mm. that's just one thing for me. Um, he just at, invited me into this place to just slow down, just rest with him and go deeper um, with him so that I can see the one, so that I can follow him and become uh, just in a more intimate relationship with him. Yeah, that's Dude. good. I love that analogy of the boat. That. That'll preach right there. Yeah, You're all about votes, bro. Yeah, it will. Yeah, yeah and, and I, like I, I just kind of want to swing this and do just a challenge for parents. I'm not a parent of a teenager, but already with my kids being so young, mm-hmm. I can just see this. You know, you get into life, and it's like my daughter's doing ballet. You know, she's not doing a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. after school. But, I mean, how often do we just wake up after six months or a year or five years and just say, what happened? You know, and, and going off this strength yeah. out of for the one you know, I've found it as I'm learning to parent, I've found it sometimes overwhelming thinking I want to lead my kids into these things, you know, but it comes down to just those simple moments, taking advantage. Like, I yeah. love what you're talking about, the dinner table. You know what I mean? And it's like, 
I don't know. I, I just I just want to challenge parents listening to this. Like, take some time to just take a step back from your life and just yeah. see where are the small spaces that you mm-hmm. can connect with your kids and help them process through things. And you know, make the for the one your kids first. You know, yes. yeah. before Amen. somebody That's outside right. of your family so when good. you're, yeah. you know, reaching people with God's love. That's yeah. And don't and do not minimize the power of that. Because, uh, like, listen, I have five boys, so the amount of games alone mm. that I attend in any given week is an <laughs> a laughable joke. However, I will tell you, because of that, we do have to eat out some. We Our dinner table does not always look like our dinner table at home. Mm-hmm. We yeah. fight for that. We fight for that hard. But we will. you will find us at Sharky's some nights. It's close to our kids' school in between multiple games. But we will sit down, look at each other in the eyes, and say, tell me your high today. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me your low today. We are going to carve out some way that we emotionally connect and you have the opportunity to share your mm. heart yeah. and even get in touch with it. Literally, they will sit there, look up, and have to think <laughs> about their high and their low because yeah. they're just in yep. go mode. Yep. But right. I cannot and imagine that versus when we go in at night and just for a minute say, hey, let me pray over you. Let me say, yeah. my husband does this, say a blessing over you. Yeah. Their yeah. body learns to still. Their mind learns to still. They listen to a verbal, it's just like what you're saying, Nathan, a verbal blessing of someone that loves them unconditionally mm-hmm. is going to take a moment to say, I see you, you matter. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the, one of the foundations to emotional health outside of knowing that you're protected, cared for, and unconditionally loved by God, by someone on this earth, right? Mm-hmm. Which they need because they're certainly not getting it from this world, yeah. right? Yeah. And they're watching people not do that all around them all day. Just the fact that you took time, and I'm not talking time like we don't have 45 minute bedtime, people. We got five kids. Yeah. That's a joke. <laughs> We've got about five minutes yeah. if we're having a good yeah. day. But we're going to speak where they hear. Mm-hmm. And their body's mm-hmm. going to be able to relax and come under love and positive blessing and encouragement about wow. who God is, who they are, and their value and purpose on the earth. And I'm just saying, if we could just do that more mm-hmm. for our kids as a yeah. foundational place, right? Pray over them, actually yeah. engage the spiritual battle that is coming against them. It, you'd be surprised at how much God will take that those small things to help them because it also helps them that valuing them gives them permission to value themselves yeah. and mental health at the end of the day comes down to an, an individual to- choice to help to value themselves to pay yeah. attention to what's yeah. going on inside and to value themselves enough to feel safe to share it get it out and get it shared yeah. and we're I know we're going to talk about that in a minute about how parents can be aware and what they can be aware of but yeah 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 those just, are important things I, I just want to say one thing on top of that like just so that like parents out there who have teenagers people that are my age um, I remember um, just this last few months, the Lord's really put on my heart just to like spend time with my parents and actually like treasure the time because like as I go throughout my senior year, like I am staying in Abilene for college and they'll be 15 minutes away, but like yeah. I'm no longer going to be living inside of the house with my parents like I've been doing for the last 18 years. So like those opportunities that I get to wake up every day and see them say, hey, I love you guys. I hope you have a great day or love you guys. I hope you have a good day. Have a good night. Like those opportunities are not there anymore. And so the opportunities to hang out with them just become smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. And so, and especially the things of like speaking blessings over um, your family and over your kids and stuff. Oftentimes what I found myself doing with my parents when we kind of were walking through this whole thing of them saying, hey, like, you know, we'd really love for you to, we'd really love to have dinner this night or hang out and do something as a family. I would always say this. And, and I mean, I look back on it and I'm, I mean, I, I'm kind of mad that I would say this, but I would say, so like, I, I don't have time. I have so much going on right now. And yeah. it wasn't that I didn't, I didn't common. have time. It was that I wasn't making the time to mm-hmm. actually put yeah. in the effort to do those things. Yeah. And going back to your question that you asked me earlier about, you know, all the extracurricular activities that are going on out there. And Nathan, you said this last night, like 
the the foundational things to our faith. Like, yes, like reading the Bible yes. and praying, they are very important things. Gathering with people mm-hmm. and especially your family mm-hmm. and your friends and your life group, like those are things that we have to make time for. Yeah. And when outside things start creeping in, such as extracurricular activities, they're sometimes in our mind, in my mind, I know for sure, they would sometimes trump going to church or sometimes trump hanging out with my friends, sometimes trump actually hanging out with my family. And I look back and I'm like, it should have been the complete opposite. Yeah. And so I just think about that is that it wasn't that I wouldn't, that I didn't have time, is that I wouldn't make the time. And so mm-hmm. I just want to challenge um, some families out there that when that response is given, mm-hmm. say, like, just talk about what, like, what the priorities actually are um, in our life. Um, yeah, just amen to that. I just want to say, like, if I've seen one eye roll, I've seen hundreds <laughs> from boys. And have you seen any eye rolls from the uh, the men in this room? You, uh, especially you. But um, but Called I out, was out. but I would say that. And we would say exactly what Carson's saying. Hey, we need some family time. It's like eye roll, eye roll. And the last thing a teenage a teenager will act like they want to do is have family time. That I'm serious. Yeah. Like mostly. They developmentally even in their developmental phase, they're focused on their peers. And it's right and fine. But it's our job as parents to understand the value that they get from that time, the stability they get from that time, the understanding of unconditional love and connection that they get. And so with many eye rolls and with much prayer, we have had to say, okay, no, this is what it looks like for our family to value family time. And we we may give you some grace on, hey, this week on family night, this time I'm my best friend's having a birthday party. Okay. When are you going to give us family time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay, so the older they get, like when you're when they're young and they're even in junior high and they're not able to drive and stuff, that's one thing because you can pretty much dictate that and, and help it. <laughs> yeah. But once they once they're driving and you're also wanting them to create that in themselves value, right. why the reason I'm harping on this, y'all, is this I believe this is mm-hmm. along with the word of God in prayer. This relational connectedness is yeah, what is yeah. missing yeah. in our families and in our children. Yeah. And until they get it back, we can't expect that they're going to thrive emotionally. It yeah. is so foundational. So, you know, we would say, okay, in one of the some of the coolest times is when they they've been busy and we're like, hey, girlfriends, boyfriends. I mean, here we go. It all is, you know, trying to to uh, vie for time. And so we'd be like, hey, how's it going? Like. Family time has been pretty nil this week. And so then, okay, yeah, I'll give you an hour, two hours. Awesome. Maybe it just ends up being me and one of my kids, right? Because they were busy those times. But that one-on-one time... Is powerful. Yeah, yeah. Right? it is, and it's powerful. And we take it. We Take-one actually had Jennifer, yeah. some other men, mm-hmm. on the show earlier, and you know she spoke um, to anxiety and mental health in regards to children. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with her being a counselor and and that being a lot of of her clientele. But she harped on that the the one on one time, and it doesn't have to be like. No, I think sometimes when you know. And it's not just parents to their kids. It's it's spouse to spouse. Yes, it is. Uh, it's it's you know, adult kid to their adult parent, and so on. Um, sometimes we like complicate like oh one on one time. It's gonna be like really deep and this and that. It's like no, just talk about your <laughs> life. I love range. that. I yeah. love hey, yeah. what's the high? What's, what's the low? Yeah. What's something interesting? Like let's like let's just kind of. Slow down a little bit and just be Be. and know that you're cared for, you're seen, you're loved, you're chosen. And I think that is key, Shelly. I think that's asking somebody, What was your high today? They're like, Oh. Like yeah. you value me. Yeah. Yes, oh, absolutely. Well, I, I, I probably respond like like your boys do when I'm asked that. I'm like, oh wait, I got to figure out what was good today. Was I got to figure out what was bad today. Like my wife is so good at this, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is amazing at slowing down and being so self aware. I am not, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. she'll ask that, and I'm like, I don't know what was good today. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know what was bad today, and she's like, What do you know about your day? And I'm like, <laughs> I did it. Did I? That I did a lot of things. <laughs> that I'm here now. That I'm here. And so like, but being asked that helps me 
discover and and sort through even my own experiences and yeah. feelings through the day that I kind of just have tossed to the side and, and buried underneath all of the the busyness. Another great idea that I think comes in Nathan, you may be able to speak to this maybe even better than what I'm I'm going to give the gist and we'll see where it goes, but is to understand that our teenagers are being bombarded with things that oppose the the loving uh, encouraging, mm. protective uh, person of God's character. Mm. They're just in it. They're in an all-out, full-throttle assault mm. against yeah. the goodness of God. And yep. so it, it's just really good for us to model and have open discussions about, hey, do you realize that mm. at your very best and your very worst, God is rock solid in his love for you and his good yeah. purposes for you. Yeah. Hey, That's I know huge. it feels like your world is falling apart, you know, and um, you're, whether it's your friends or this particular relationship, breakup of a girlfriend, boyfriend, I understand right now that the enemy's coming full throttle and, you know, you're not enough or you're not good enough or you're, but hey, I just want you to remember the thoughts of the Lord towards you are as many as the sands on the seashore. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. It doesn't yeah. have to be something. Let's well, open the Bible and have a Bible study, though right. I'm not opposed. Right. We would do well to get our kids back to that. But I'm telling you, get the Word of God in them. Mm-hmm. Get get the heart of God in them towards them. And don't assume that church or that use the daily life scenarios to make sure that yeah. you're infusing because it is part of emotional stability mm-hmm. at a level that we don't realize how how at it how much it's being attacked right now. Yeah, and that's that's, that's huge. And uh, you know, I want to flip that to a challenge to any students that are listening. You know, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to challenge you guys, like Carson was talking about. You know, to make time for your family and to you know take even advantage if you don't want of, to <laughs> choose yeah. it. Yeah, like. It, to, to take advantage of what you do have around you. like, And that's why I'm so passionate about what we do at BSM because it's like, I understand not everybody's going to have that place in their family, you know, and we're just praying, God, would you use us that this could be a safe place where people can open up and be heard? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I was just, I was talking with my dad just about his uh, mental health um, journey and, you know, he, he's been through a lot of um, just ups and downs and going through depression and just, mm-hmm. you know, going through counseling and medicine and then also on a journey of knowing th- truth about God, but then stepping into, you know, the authority that we have in God and being able to to not mm-hmm. by, you know, just the amazing tools that we can uh, be taught, but through the power of God taking captive of, you know, yes. how the enemy is coming against him in his mind and all those kind of things. And he, But he was just telling me, you know, he's battled this since he was a teenager. And uh, he was saying one of the best things he ever did was uh, when he was a teenager, this battle started happening for him. He was new in his faith. He started digging into who is God, the truth mm-hmm. about who mm-hmm. God is and who God says that he is. Yes. And he said it was... You know, he said, I was fighting a totally different battle after that yeah. because I was standing on solid ground. Come on. And, and I see That's this right. in student ministry. And, you know, I want to throw out another challenge to students, any students listening. It's like, what voices are you listening to? Amen. Yeah. Who, That's you know, right. who, who are you letting speak into your life? Because if you're just getting it off of all the voices that we hear on social media and from the world and our friends and these things, we need people that are speaking truth into us. Yeah, absolutely. We need yeah. people. And, and then Amen. why don't you go listen to the voice too. Yeah, God's word. It, go yeah. into his word. He, yeah. you know, and, and that's what we walked through to activate this summer. It was like, Amen. okay, the enemy is pounding these thoughts in your mind. Well, these thoughts, they don't have to stay here. Yeah. Because you are a new Amen. creation yeah. and yeah. you have a new mind. God, would you help us live in the new mind? And then, and then it's like, you can hear God's voice. Yeah. Not because, uh, not if you've read enough of the Bible, you're right. good enough. Not because yeah. you did enough stuff. But because you're his son so or his good. daughter and he's speaking to you. Yeah. Come on, can we tap into it, to hearing the truth and let that fill up our minds and wash out all the junk that the enemy's trying to fill our minds yeah, with? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, even we, we named the, the sermon series we're going through on mental health, Flip the Script. And the mm. idea is that we change the narrative that's in our mm. head. 
we change the narratives that we're listening to and we listen to the one who is truth, who is love, and who is the standard. Um, Something funny is I'm I'm looking at at Shelly across the room. I was pulling out some stuff. We we moved some stuff around in a room the other day, and and I was organizing some stuff, and and I pulled out a couple of sheets from... uh, We'll call them sessions I had with you because my life was a mess at one point. It still is. It's not really a mess now. Anyways, but like these these sheets that um, you know Shelly was jotting notes on and, and kind of charting stuff out for me, they were so important that I laminated them and I found them the other day. And it was so funny because it was right before we recorded uh, another one of these podcasts. And in the bottom right hand note, um, the bottom right hand there was a note that said. God is the standard. And if if we would like sit on that, like God's voice mm-hmm. is the standard. God's mm. truth yes. is the standard. God's, God's love. love is the standard. That's God's so acceptance good. is the standard. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that and I was just, one, reminded of everything, Shell, that you and I mm-hmm. went through and, and what the Lord did. Um, but like just what a powerful reminder, even for yes. me, and, and now I, I get to throw that out here on this this podcast of like God is the standard and I know it doesn't it doesn't matter what it feels like it doesn't matter how loud other voices are it doesn't matter how many people are in agreement with a certain voice mm-hmm. if we change our perspective to God's voice being the standard mm-hmm. The battle changes like everything mm-hmm. changes and that's one of the powerful things with mental health is when we know the battle, when we know how we're being attacked, when we know how the enemy in our culture yes. is attacking yeah. us, when we know how God loves us and is is pursuing us, mm-hmm. that empowers us to be able to choose what we listen to, what we align with, yeah. and what yeah. the narrative is, what the standard is. I think about at my high school and stuff, how many people, and just how many people I talk to on a daily basis... And even at church camp this last year, mm-hmm. how many conversations I had with people who somewhere in their past or even somewhere in the current time that they're going through, that they were just doubting the goodness of God mm-hmm. and that, yeah. that like God is for me. Like they, they couldn't wrap their minds around that and they were just mm-hmm. doubting it. And, you know, when it comes to anxiety and mental health and like gaining freedom from that, something that, that literally just, um, that reminded me of Nathan, what you're talking about is that like, when we fill our minds with the truth, Jesus literally says in John 8, 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so when our minds are just focused upon Jesus, like we will have freedom. When we know the truth, the truth will set us free. I mean, that is a promise from God. And so that's something that when I go throughout my day and even battling my own mental health um, of anxiety, of, of just worries about the future, I, I'm able to sit there and say, God, I know that you are for me, that you are good, and that you're fighting for my good every single day, and that yeah. I can stand upon that truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And even what, what Carson just did there, we would call that a declaration. Like, mm-hmm. find a truth about the right. character and the nature of God, and and speak it. Like I have three truth words that I speak over myself daily. It's I'm seen, I'm significant, and I'm loved. And those things, uh, the reason why I pick those three is because uh, those are the exact counter to the struggles that I face on a daily basis. And so I, 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 I flip the narrative so that I align myself with truth. Um, and so I, I maybe want to shift it in a, in a direction of what are some practical things that we can do to increase our mental health, increase our understanding uh, of who we are, how we're loved, and our value. And, you know, let's, I, I want to hear it from, from all of your angles, all of your perspectives. That's why you're here mm-hmm. today. So who wants to go first? What are some things that we can do? Uh, you know, something I've seen um, in students is uh, isolation is mm-hmm. um, it's just really, I think, where when students are in a place of isolation, it's just a wide open door for the enemy. And, um, you know, I, I, just a practical encouragement, I think, is we need to get these thoughts that we're having in our mind, whether it's anxious thoughts or or whether it's, you know, 
uh, along the lines of depression um, or like really just thinking low thoughts about ourselves, we need to get those uh, spoken out of our mouth Mm -hmm. and so that it's not just sitting in darkness. And, you know, I just can think of different students along the years of student ministry that would come and share something and I'm just, just breaks my heart because mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, you know, I wish I knew so I could be in the battle mm-hmm. with you, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, I, I just think that's a huge thing. I think that, you know, just, uh, opening up to the people around you that love you, you know, to your family, mm-hmm. to, you know, people at church and, and just being in a community, um, where, where you can have, um, those conversations and, and mm-hmm. where other people can fight this battle with you because yeah. you were not designed to fight this alone. No. We, yeah, we need good. other people. We, we don't just need other people. We need people that know God, yeah. you know, yeah. and that can fight, you know, um, just this battle with mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. I think I completely agree with that. Isolation is what, even in the natural, when you look mm-hmm. at isolation, that's what, that's when in nature, the enemy isolates to attack and mm, to, yeah. to overcome. But mm. when you stay with a the herd, they can't, they can get you. Yep. And it's, it's really cool to think about that just even in nature. But here's something I, I'm going to speak from parental perspective mm-hmm. right now, specifically with teens is, um, you know, with, Without relationship and without creating a safe environment for your kids to be able to talk to you and Mm -hmm. share, they're going to get their answers and their perspective from their peers or social media. Or their phone. It's it's true. But what I want to say about that is starting very young when you're intentional about your time with your kids or when your kids mess up and you create the environment in your home or in your relationship that says it is safe for you to fail. It is safe for you to come confess, talk about, share where you've missed the mark on anything. I don't care what it is. And I'm not saying parents that we uh, that we lower the standard of righteousness. The standard of righteousness is there for peace and joy in life. Mm-hmm. I'm saying hold the standard, but how we approach them to say, you missed it, bud, How or you missed it, sweetheart, how can I come alongside you and walk with you yeah. to this standard, mm-hmm. right? Not, you missed it, and why'd you do that? And you need to change. And this is the standard. Okay, great. This is the standard, but I'm with you in it all the way. And I'm going to help you develop the plan to back to here because this is abundant life, not this is the way. And if you don't do it, then you're whatever. They get enough of that. In the home is where it has to be safe. Relational connection where we're not always talking about your crud. The only voice you hear from me is not where you missed it. The voice that's that's permeating and prevalent because I spend time with you and I value you is how much you are seen, known, loved, valued, and it's safe. And I'm not going to overreact when you come in and confess things to me. I'm going to stay with you and say, thank you for sharing that. Or I'm going to ask, and you're not going to be able to stay hidden in your room. Hey, come yeah. on out, bud. Talk to me. What's going on? Yeah, they're going to say no. Don't give in for time one and send them back <laughs> to their TVs. Don't. Or yeah, their video good. games. Yeah. Stay in the battle. I mean, I've had to stay in the battle for weeks and months for one of my kids for over a year saying to my husband, something is off. Something is off. Something is off. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, I think he's just like pulling away. No. What? And and you stay in for a year, and you keep asking, you yeah. keep developing the relationship until finally God moves. Yeah. But the, in the spirit realm, this is how mental health stabilizes for yeah. kids. Yeah, and mm. we can go into more about That's what how I think parents do need to be aware of signs of when it is time to get help. And I think that's yeah. hugely important, but that may, so, be, that may be later. Uh, I know we probably could have like multiple episodes yeah. on this. Um, <laughs> But how have you and Eric specifically grown in what you just described? Were were y'all that way from the beginning? Oh, gosh, no. Or our, uh, we have to say to our oldest Jeremiah all the time, "I'm so sorry. <laughs> Would you please forgive us?" Seriously, I mean, and I, I laugh about that, but 
it took two and a half years for me to heal my relationship with my oldest, with, with Jeremiah, yeah. my oldest born son. We yeah. have an older adopted son, but um, I really, I especially didn't learn that as well. Eric kind of is by nature a little calmer. I'm intense, which brings great life to our family, but you know, it's a little much when you're yelling at your kids. And so, you know, Jeremiah would say, mommy, you're yelling at me again. And I would a thousand times have to apologize. And I worked my rear end off to learn a a verbiage and a tone and approach that helps. But what did, are you asking what we did? Yeah, like for any parents that are listening right now, especially that have teenagers that, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I know I was a teenager (laughs) and I'd, one day I'll pay because mm-hmm. I'll have a teenager that's probably like me. And so it's like to people that do have, have teenagers or to, to those who have maybe preteens that are about to be teenagers, like yeah. what can they do as parents to maybe grow in this if it's not natural or if it's not a rhythm of their life that they've already done? Like are there certain resources yeah. or is it yeah. – I don't know. How? No, it's never too late. So I'm just going to give you a couple of things is first acknowledging – Hey, I desire a relationship with you. For some, t- mm-hmm. for some parents, if you haven't ever done this, y'all, though the system is used to distance, mm-hmm. and this system is used to non-connection. If you haven't been connecting f- from the time they were little, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna give you a few things we've done. That first is articulating a desire for connection. Listen, you're gonna get the eye rolls, you're gonna get the whatever, you're gonna get the pushback. Be stronger than that, yeah. right? Because it is uncomfortable. And I remember um, I told, came in and told Eric one time with 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 one of our kids, hey, he tends to talk to me over a Starbucks drink. Hmm. And I'm not I'm not joking about this. Yeah. We changed our budget. We changed our budget. The first time we changed our budget to include Starbucks drinks um, about three times a week mm-hmm. because that's when he would talk, and, and it was junior high years, yeah. okay? But if if we – he would sit in the back seat when he was sitting in the front seat with me. Parents, don't get reactive. He sat in the back seat. At least he's in the car with me. At least <laughs> yeah. he's talking, right? And so I'm like, okay, so I told Eric, if we get a grande, we get almost into the deeper part of how he's feeling. If we go venti Mm. and we talk, we drive Mm. another 15 minutes for that drink, I get the real stuff. Wow. So we changed our budget again. Again, to include that venti. What a great observation, though. But but this is how you have to go in to know your child, right? I have another one that anytime he would say, hey, can y'all both come to my room? Hmm. Then we knew. I don't care that we're butt tired. Yeah. We're about to have an hour-long talk because this kid likes words, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm, it was always the night I wasn't in the mood, always. But he mm. would hold it in, hold it in, hold it in, and then here was the moment. Yeah. Don't miss the moment. Don't miss the moment. Don't mm. miss the moment. Whatever Sweet. it costs, take the moment. For mm. some kids, it's right after school. If you don't get the – I have one that's right after school, and he's going to verbalize everything in two seconds flat, and then I'm not going to probably get another word from him <laughs> after we show. You know what? <laughs> I went to my boss, and I said, I got to pick my kid up. Mm. I got to pick my kid up. Mm-hmm. And thank God, I worked – that's when I worked for Beltway, and I, I got to pick my kid up yeah. because that's when we connected. Learn your kid. There's yeah. a time and a space. Eric, uh, Eric, another thing we did from the time they were young is he rotated because we have five kids. Everybody remember that? Um, and and so it was like we had four kids in school, and Eric would Wednesdays, and they would rotate which kid. Listen, it was 30 minutes, but every kid knew when it was time. And, yes, we got to high school when sometimes the kids would say, hey, I don't, I want to go to lunch with my friends. And he was like, when's our 30 minutes going to be this week then? Mm-hmm. If you value it, they learn to value it. Listen. Yeah. They want time with you, whether they know it or not yet. Yeah. So well, you keep offering it till. At, at the core of any human is yeah. wanting to be chosen, totally. and so when you approach again, we're talking about teenagers, but this applies to to anyone who's married. Amen. This applies to friendships. Uh, you know, it, it whatever like making it like asking like I want time with you. When are we going to have it? And it not having to be like, hey, we need three hours to talk through everything deep in life. Like you tell me that, and I'm like, uh. No, sorry. But if you're like, hey, let's go on a walk or let's go throw the Frisbee, mm-hmm. that might be three hours and you're going to like hear me pour out my heart because I'm doing an activity. It's yeah. like, so just 
choosing that. And so, like Shelly said, even if they're not responding to it well at first, they will when it continues to pursue them because inside of every single person is just a little boy and a little girl that wants to be chosen, that wants to be loved, that wants to be good enough for someone to spend time with them. Yeah. And find what they love. Parents find what they love. Yeah. Yeah. Don't always make them do what you love. Find what they love and go do it with them. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's one thing specifically on that note, Brett, that um, I remember this last uh, spring, the Lord just challenged me um, with guys that I'm close with, and especially over the summer, to remind them and tell them like how much I love them, mm-hmm. how much I'm for them, and how much I'm for what God is doing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started doing it with one of my friends, started doing it, and just started doing it consistently. And I sat, I sat him down one night, and this was just one of my friends, yeah. and I sat him down and looked him in the eyeballs, and I said, hey, I, I know I've never told you this before, and I, I, I'm so sorry that I haven't, but I love you so much. Mm-hmm. I'm so for you, and I'm so for what God is doing. And Shelly, I actually really do yeah. mean that right now. Yeah. But just like the intimacy and vulnerability that that brings yeah. to any conversation. And and not, not just do it, just... And at first it was hard to just not just get in the religious habit of doing it every day, but literally meaning it mm-hmm. and showing him. And it, But it was crazy how how much more vulnerable he was willing to be with me and yeah. how much more vulnerable I was able to be with him. Yeah. Um, and so you know that's just one thing. And I, I'm so thankful that my parents do that every day. Awesome. Uh, my dad, my parents wake up every morning. They tell me how much they love me and help tell me that I, I hope you have a great day and that I'm for you. Wow. And that, and what that does though, is it, it empowers me. Yeah. Um, it really does. And I was, I was just thinking about this, about things that, uh, when people empower others, what it actually does. And I, I just wrote a few down and for me, it, it able, it makes me feel like I'm able to accomplish my goals for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me feel like I'm satisfied with my life choices and, and what's going on in my life right now and whose kingdom I'm serving. Um, it helps me believe that someone actually does believe in me and that yeah. someone is for me. Um, and it helps me prepare for the day and everyday life that I'm able to start my day every day on a positive note. Um, but just to answer your question, like my three things um, that I just want to give to everyone right fast um, is that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Totally okay. But it's not okay to not stay or it's, it's not okay to not be, uh, stay or not, not go to a place of being okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay um, to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay not yes, okay. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is that be willing to be vulnerable um, and that's and, tough. You got to fight for that. It's awkward. Oh yeah, I, I can't yeah. tell you, Nathan. Nathan. Nathan knows this straight up. I can't tell you walking with him um, and him discipling me, just like how awkward it would be at first, just to like tell him stuff. But I, I can't <laughs> tell you, like, like I, I know I can go to to him about absolutely anything yeah. now, and that literally because he he tells me all the time that he loves me and that he's so for me, yeah. and that I, I like I know I can go to him with absolutely anything. So be willing to be vulnerable. James chapter five, verse 16, it says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I can't tell you how many times that conversations with Nathan or with even my own friends where I've gone to them, confess something, and that we've been able to pray about it and talk about it and communicate about it and how I've been able to experience freedom. Um, And so just from freedom in my own mental health and sin and everything, um, just in my everyday life. The last thing is um, just be devoted. Um, mm-hmm. Be devoted to God. Love God. Um, you know, when we are devoted to God, like I, I, I said earlier, we had this conversation earlier, that when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. And we know that who the Son sets free is free indeed. Um, and so those, those three things. Um, yeah. Um, we need to wrap up. This is awesome conversation. Again, I mean, we could probably talk about this for hours and hours and hours. Um, but I do, I want to give the last couple of minutes um, to Shelly. And Shelly, would you help give us insight, help give listeners insight? When is a time that you need to seek outside help or outside counsel? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to, jump on to, okay, anxiety and depression is a lot of times how 
internal struggle of children will begin to, and I'm talking children all the way to teenagers, will will begin to manifest. Okay, so I'm just going to give you some top ones, mm-hmm. all right? You're going to see kind of the spectrum, especially younger kids, but even as you move into teenagers, you're going to typically when there's, like I said, we all have a, some level of anxiety, but as that increases, um, you're going to see either kids begin to more and more shut down or more and more and more act out. Mm. Okay. Um, that can be the acting out could be explosive anger. The acting out could be kind of attack mode. Um, it could be more verbalization of internal feeling overwhelmed. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. If you're hearing your kids say that they may not just be physically tired. They might be and that's a huge thing. You need to make sure your kids are sleeping and eating, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. They need to be sleeping, get their phones out of their rooms, get their video games out of their rooms if they're not sleeping. They need to sleep. They need to eat healthy, mm-hmm. okay? So that's a huge thing. If we could get that going, we'd, we'd, we'd be doing well. But if you're seeing um, an anxiousness where they're constantly stressed, a lot of times you'll see them doing physical things, you know, like um, – if if you're seeing them fidget, if you're seeing them pull their hair, if you're seeing yeah. them physical expressions of anxiety, right, and you're hearing them, I'm tired, I feel overwhelmed, sad, crying all the time, or they're completely shutting down and they're mm-hmm. going away and they're unable to engage and they're not wanting to do the things that they usually do, then what I would say is when is it time to seek help? It's time to seek help when you're hearing an ongoing pattern mm-hmm. of more anxiety or sadness and depression than you yeah. are seeing joy and life and vitality. Yeah. The second thing that I would say is if you if they're in a place where they say, this is most of my mental energy is going to trying to manage my anxiety, my fear, my overwhelmness, mm-hmm. then you need to you need to hear them. Yeah, you don't need to try to fix it yourself. You need to say, and here's what I love: parents who have kids that are opposed to going and getting counseling and help happens all the time. If you will say, "I, my counselor, I'm going to counseling. My counselor said that I need to learn how to help you." I need to be a better parent to you. Would you come talk to them mm-hmm. about how I can better parent you? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, most children are happy to help their parents yeah. be a better parent. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a problem with that. They might be too insecure and feel too nervous about going and get help themselves, but they're happy to help you. Mm-hmm. So you go. Yeah. And you say, hey, I want to learn to be a better parent. And you say to them, but when you see your kid really struggling and you know your kid's normal nature. Yeah. And if if we're not seeing that consistently, it's a one thing. I've had kids that have struggled for three, four weeks at a time. But when we're a couple of months in and we're not getting breakthrough and yeah. we've changed our eating, changed our sleeping, we've gotten to the root of problems and we're still not mm-hmm. the vibrant, normal person that we are, then it's time to act. And if there's one thing I see, it's parents waiting too late yeah. and too long. Yeah, yeah that's another thing. Because your that... kids are feeling overwhelmed and they don't know how to get it out. Yeah. And you don't want it coming out in the ways numbing through addiction right. um, or yeah. or uh, honestly where it's so dark that they don't have yeah. hope anymore. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. wait till... It gets to crisis. No, absolutely. Yes. Um, And again, I want to reiterate as as I wrap it up um, that that being able to see these patterns in whether Mm -hmm. it's your own teenagers or whether it's people you're mentoring, whether it's your spouse, Mm -hmm. um, you've got to spend time with them. Yes, you do. You've got to know their life, their patterns, their Mm -hmm. habits. uh, Just so you can catch it. Yeah, so you can catch Mm -hmm. it. Like you need to see them, you need to hear them, you need to be with them. And so, One more thing I want to say, throw in there, because yeah. it is part of the pathway. If you need counseling, don't quit to you or with a professional counselor that you need. But I would also say sometimes in the pathway, it's safer for kids to go to somebody that they feel emotionally close to, a teacher, a, a pastor. Find somebody with them that yeah. they feel like they can at least open up to. You can get to a counselor as soon as you need to, but mm-hmm. get them Get them around some kind of community where this starts yeah. coming out. Yeah. And if you have yeah. to start with someone safe, then start with someone safe. And it's a great question. Hey, babe, we're going to get help. 
use we, not you. Yeah. You need help. No, we are going to get help. Who do you? Who feels safest for you to start? For us to that's start good. with, yeah, right? That's so they good. know you're with them in the journey. That's really mm-hmm. good. I, I just want to highlight, and I'll, I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, Shelly said something that that really stuck out to me. I wrote it down. I, I'm going to name the episode this. She said, "Don't miss the moment." Mm-hmm. Um, and as this conversation has developed. Uh, it, we have kind of landed on and around just the power of presence. Yes. Power of being so with good. one another, with being with others, but also the power of the presence of being with God, knowing mm-hmm. God, being in His Word, and letting Him be the standard. Mm-hmm. So, um, guys, thank you so much for today. I definitely want to have all of you back on. It was awesome. Appreciate y'all. And, uh, Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Bye-bye. Well, once again, we want to thank you for listening to the Beyond Sundays podcast. Uh, It was a great conversation. It was long, but it went by really quickly in the room. Hopefully, it went by really quickly for you. If you want any information on our student ministry here at Beltway Park, you can go to beltway.org slash bsm or just click on the ministries page and then find our student ministry page. You can also follow them on Instagram. And we would encourage you all, if you have not been watching through the Flip the Script series with us that we've been in, you can do so by going to YouTube. Uh, Go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Beltway Park Church, and then find the Flip the Script series. And I encourage you to follow along with us as we dive into this journey of winning the war in our mind and achieving healthy mental health. It's important for all of us. Not only is our mental health being attacked more than ever, we're also having the most awareness of it that we've ever had before. So uh, we want you to enter this journey with us. Hey, be sure to hit that subscribe button to this podcast so you can stay up to date with all of the episodes that we release. And once again, we encourage you follow Beltway Park Church on social media. Uh, Our handle is Beltway Park on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And again, YouTube is Beltway Park Church. Hey, we hope you have a great week. Be blessed. And remember, God is moving in your life beyond Sundays.